we are live and it is awesome and it is great. And ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are joining us in the world right now, I am super, super happy to be having another one of my cool interviews that I've been doing a lot more in my life. And I'm enjoying doing them more and more and more because there's amazing people out there. And I think you all know that one of my biggest passions is to identify outstanding people in the world. And today I'm really excited to be introducing you to Marina, who's been a person who has been actually close to my life for many, many years as a friend, as a colleague, as an advisor, as a mentor. And in recent years, we've been kind of looking at each other from far and I've been seeing this woman flourish. Now I've been seeing her flourish in different ways, not only as a speaker, as a professional speaker, someone I, I respect very much, but also very active in government, super active with entrepreneurs in Israel, really supporting entrepreneurs to be thinking outside of the box when innovating, when creating a story around their brand and working with some of the most impressive companies in the world. So I'm super excited to have Marina here with us. Marina, hi, hi, in Israel, all the way from Bali. Hello, hello, dear Gil. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> so it actually also warmed my heart uh, to have a, our virtual space together uh, on, on this virtual stage uh, once again. And I'm very, very happy you are, even though you are in Bali and I'm in Israel uh, broadcasting from Tel Aviv, but you're always very close in my heart as a friend, colleague, mentor. Uh, you're one of the people that I really, really adore and respect in the world. And we, our path always crossing in everywhere we go. So uh, I'm really happy we can share our experiences here on this global virtual stage. Super, that's awesome. Thank you so much again for being with us. I know how busy you are with what you do in the government and all these incredible startups. And you know, storytelling was, has always been an important part of my life because I have a story that I've been developing and developing over the years as an introvert, as an immigrant, as someone who's had so many successful failures in my life, I'm continuously evolving my story. But I've never properly learned until a few years back the importance of the actual story itself in a business. Give us your point of view on why storytelling in general is so important for any businessman out there today, especially right now during these crazy times. Okay. So this is actually, it's not only became a buzzword recently. Everyone are talking about storytelling. People are approaching me to create a workshops for companies around the world that teach their employees the art of storytelling. So the good news, first of all, you all can uh, learn this and improve the skill uh, and the muscle of storytelling. It's not only that you are born with, but you definitely can improve and master this art. And nowadays, especially in the business world, uh, people talk that marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make, but about the stories you tell. Mm. So people understood that the best marketing, how you actually can get straight to the hearts of people, going to their emotional, emotional elements. You can motivate them for any action to buy from you, to cooperate with you, to do anything you want if they believe in what you believe. And in order to define what is your core belief, you really need to peel what is your why, what is your core values, core ideology, 
that guide you in life, which is your inner compass, heart compass that guide you to take decisions, uh, personal decisions, professional decisions, business decision, but you need to identify what is your core values. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Nietzsche was the one actually, uh, the first one to say, maybe he copied it from Simon Sinek, that you know, Simon Sinek said, uh, uh, how leaders inspire action through the golden circle, starting with why. But Nietzsche uh, mentioned it many years ago, and he said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. So when you identify your why and you start, uh, you, are st you are start really approaching people and explain to them what is your core motivation uh, to do what you do, to launch your business. This is how you create your ambassadors. This is how can you create better networking or better connections that will inspire them to join your journey, buy from you, or uh, invest in your business. So this is wow, kind of... I, I love that. I love the storytelling compass, especially, you know, that, you know, you can, you can completely change the journey of your life based on the story you tell people. That is absolutely genius. It's amazing. Now, you know, I have a few questions in mind that are connected to more learning and positive, but I actually want to start with something to shock people a little bit because story, a bad story can get you into a lot of trouble. A bad story can end up in, in, in a bad business, in a divorce. Can you give me examples of like, like bad storytelling, like don'ts, like things that you see, the simplest mistakes you see people making all the time? Because I know I'm constantly making mistakes when it comes to storytelling. I'm just curious to hear from the expert what sort of people, what sort of mistakes are people constantly making when talking about their business or talking about their own personal story? Okay, so, uh, so it's a very good point. And usually I tell my personal story as the beginning to create connection with the company, with the people. And because people eventually need to, um, need to be affected by, by your, your uh, why, your emotion, your... Uh, your background and usually the best way instead of telling people start with presenting their cv their achievements so when people start with presenting i have a phd i uh, i have a word in this and that it creates usually uh, an anti antagonism from people because it can be uh, reached as something a uh, very kind of uh, um like um, I, I try to, um, to put myself above you. So when you try to explain first your CV, instead of showing the process that you've been going through and just showing your successes, results, awards, it shows that you try to prove something, but, but it doesn't usually perceive as something genuine enough. Uh, one of the examples I can tell you, two days ago, we had also in Israel, uh, the Shark Tank, you know, the, the reality TV, it's also very popular in Israel. And the Shark Tank, uh, they're very high senior level uh, investors uh, sitting and hearing the pitches of different startup companies. And 
I remember the mistake of one of the startup companies that pitched to this uh, very kind of confident, uh, uh, very wise investors. And they said, we have a great idea. And we actually started to launch it for the past year. And it's very successful. And it's creating open space for designers, for architects, but mainly focused on architects and, and, um, and people who are mainly, uh, mainly tended uh, by art, okay? And then these uh, investors, they asked, tell me, are you coming from the background as an artist, as a designer? So both of them said, no, I'm a lawyer. I'm a, an accountant, and we thought it can be a good business. And then the investors showed a lot of disappointment because they couldn't understand why they will be so passionate and dedicated to this mission if it's not in the core of their bones, in their blood, the mission to, to help uh, these artists, these designers. And they understood that all the, uh, all what's interested for them uh, is the business model, but nothing beyond. And that's why they didn't receive any investment. But if they would tell a story about that they all were artists that tried to collaborate and create something bigger and better together, and, and usually artists are um, work alone, and they look uh, and they look this community and there's no such a thing of community of artists and they wanted to unite all these lone souls above our, uh, around art and design, this could be a very good story for them. And maybe then they could receive investment and not just presenting their business model as something very, very rational and very flat as, as you can call it. Mm. I think that's so, you know, so important for especially startups out there that are looking for help. They're looking for mentors or investors. I think like, first of all, having someone like yourself guide them through that pitch, that presentation to the investors by embedding a personal story that connects you to the startup, that the investor believes that this is a part of who you are. It's not just a business idea you're going to try to make money. Like, and I completely resonate with that because, you know, as an investor myself, I meet a lot of startups and unless I know that they are in love with this baby, mm. I know that when hard time comes, they're just going to let it go and walk away. But if they're connected in the soul to this startup, whatever tornado or hurricane will hit that business, they're going to shift around. They'll find a way to adjust their story so that that is a part of the story. I survived that tornado. I stepped up. So I love this example you're saying, and you know, storytelling was something that in many cases people were asking me about in times because there's so much connection to networking, how you introduce yourself. I'm always telling people, for example, when you're introducing yourself to the people the first time, people usually don't care where you're from, where you studied, how old you are. Like random information that some people love to share, but it's so random, I don't care, I just asked you, you know, what you're doing and who you are and tell me your story. So is there, in your opinion, a formula? Is there a formula if we got cool entrepreneurs on the call with us? Because I know there's probably formulas for the corporate world. There's formulas for different people. 
if we're looking at entrepreneurs, we're looking at people who are, you know, small and medium sized business owner. What is that formula? And maybe you have a slide that you want to share, but what is that formula that you think people should consider when wanting to prepare their story, whether it's for networking or whether it's for a real presentation and pitch when they're on a stage and they're, you know, connecting with someone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, um, lately I had a chance to, to be hosted by many uh, communities on Facebook on uh, zoom live about the art of storytelling. And usually when there's a full session uh, about storytelling, I start with my own personal story. And, and then I demonstrate how easy we can, uh, we can create a formula and use the same elements that the way, the, the way I presented my story, it's not random, but it has a very specific order. So what I suggest, I will tell my, uh, my short story, my life story as I present it. And then I'll, I'll try to show you how we can imply it with a formula, a real formula that if you have a vision of for a startup, if you want to tell your personal or your company story, you can just put it in this formula and it usually works as magic. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay. So for example, my storytelling usually starts when I was a five-year-old girl in Kharkov, Ukraine, where actually I was born, a boy came in, to me in the kindergarten and he asked me a very simple question. Are you Jewish? I was five years old. I never heard this term before. I said, I don't know what it means to be Jewish. I said, I asked him what it means to be Jewish. He said, I don't know, but my mother told me never to play with Jews. This was the first time in my life I heard this term to be Jewish, but in a very, very negative context. So it was very, a uh, very transformative point in my life. I came to my mother, asked her, mother, what it means to be Jewish? And then it was the first time she told me about our heritage, about Holocaust. A lot of my grandparents and their family died in the Holocaust, unfortunately. Since I was five and they all revealed that I'm Jewish, I was exposed to a lot of anti-Semitism. I was bullied by a lot of children. I was cursed. I was in Ukraine, in Kharkov. And until I was seven, until we immigrated to Israel, I was pretty suffering a lot uh, with the fact that I revealed I was Jewish. When we came to Israel, a teacher at the first grade in Ramat Gan, a city in, uh, in the center of Israel, she changed my life from this point. And she said, I will make you feel at home from the very first day that you are here. And all she did, didn't require any resource, any money, no time from anyone, but she did a list. And in this list, every single student in the first grade needed to host me after school at his house for lunch and to teach me one hour Hebrew. After 30 days, I visited 30 houses of the students, the first grade. I ate a lot of different lunch of Morocco style, Ethiopian style, all the different styles in Israel culture. But 30 hours of Hebrew I received in one month. 
and I managed to learn Hebrew almost perfect after only one month from students, not from teacher. And the contrast, the sharp contrast I felt, the hatred I felt in Ukraine, and the love that I was so much uh, surrounded by in Israel, and how much they gave me affection and taught me Hebrew and everything. That day I was only seven, but it, it created my why. And I told to myself from this day, I want to give back everything I can for, to give back to this country, to my country, Israel, because of the contrast, how they welcomed me and how, how much hatred I used to feel back in Ukraine. That point in my life shaped me. Only now I connect the dots and I understood that this was the moment that shaped, shaped all my decisions in life. This is why I, I, use, I used to work in five different countries on behalf of the Israeli government, working in senior public diplomacy positions in Washington DC a few years, Madrid, Guatemala, Los Angeles. And I tried always to tell the story of the real Israel, the startup nation, to, to share it from immigrants' point of view and how welcomed they made me all feel. And two years ago, when I was invited to be the MC, the host of the National Immigration Conference in the Cinematheque in Tel Aviv, I was on this stage and I told my story as an immigrant and how it shaped my life afterwards also serving as the spokesperson at the Israeli parliament at the Knesset. Since then I tried to help all the entrepreneurs to flourish and, and bring up their stories outside uh, from Israel and influence with their innovation. Uh, so that was the point that really made me to, to be on a mission to help my country, to help uh, innovators and immigrants that try to flourish here and, and share their light and their innovation with the rest of the world. That was the point that I understood was the changing point in my life. They shaped all of my decisions in my academic world, in my professional world, and now I'm already five years a uh, um, professor at the IDC, which became recently the first private Israeli university, uh, Reichman University. And I'm five years already teaching students innovation and entrepreneurship. And I always explain them how, how valuable it is to understand what motivates you in life, what shape your decision to wake up in the morning to do what you, do, you are doing, to study what you are studying, if you're, really, uh, if you're really honest with yourself and know what is the core value and what is the, the point that really made you what you are today, this is how you need to start um, networking with people. This is how you need to highlight your main story of your life. And this is what will create people to connect with you if they will believe in what you believe. This is <laughs> my life story. And you asked me for a formula, okay? So this was the... I'm, first of all, I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, of course, I, I resonate with that so much. 
I went the other way around. I, I became an immigrant from the age of 10 when I moved to Canada and I was so ignorant back then, I thought that everyone spoke Hebrew. When I got to Canada and I realized that I had to learn a whole other language, so I completely resonate with you in so many different levels, of course. We, we went the other ways around, you know, it was cool. And then I ended up in Russia, you know, not fully trained, <laughs> but I ended up in Russia for a lot of years. So That's again, really an immigrant coming into a country, but luckily I know one or two things about networking, so it helped me out. But yeah, definitely, so it, it's very clear that you've, you've refined your formula. It's very clear there's many, many different formulas for telling your story, and this was just one of them. Is there some sort of a formula that people can use and practice when it comes to pitching, when it comes to introducing yourself? Exactly. Share that with us, please. Okay, so can, first of all, can you see this slide? Can you see my presentation? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, wonderful. So this is the secret formula for storytelling. And why this cute bunny is here? Because one of my tips, when you are going to, uh, to a business negotiations or whenever you are preparing presentation, make sure that you, will, that you have prepared stories to share and you can pull them like a bunny from a hat, like a magician. Because these stories make your message so valuable and much more easy to digest or understand. This is the best way how you can really convince people and, and get straight to their hearts and motivate them for real action. So this is the structure and you all can try to use your story and using this structure. So for example, the context, we usually start, it's like telling a story in a book. So context, you always need to explain when the story started, uh, what is, when and where it happened. So my story, as I started to tell before, started when I was five years old in Ukraine, in Kharkov, for instance, okay? This is the context. Then we start presenting right away the pain. This is, you know, like in a movie, everything going very, very smooth, and then suddenly something needs to happen very, very, um, very explosive or very shocking. <laughs> and then you show the pain. The pain started, you remember, when this little boy asked me, are you Jewish? This is, was a transformation for me in my life in this point. Then the solution, the solution when actually we immigrated to a new country, to Israel. The benefit, this is, what is the benefit that you understood it created for you? And also which wisdom it created for you for finding a global solution. If it helps you, it can also help the rest of the world. And the final step is the climax. And it means what is the lesson you take from it? What is your personal lesson? And what is the lesson you can share with the world? How you can give them back? And this is when you create call for action to continue sharing this, this uh, um, these wisdoms that you receive from your life and how it can serve others with their personal challenges. Okay, so this is very basic formula and you can try apply it on every story, whether business message, whether uh, uh, your vision in a company or you're just 
story of, uh, of your, how you became what you are today. That's really interesting. I'm thinking about my story and I'm thinking, how do I break it down? Uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm going to have to practice that. You know, sometimes yeah, when I tell stories, story? <laughs> well, when I tell stories, sometimes, you know, I, I get lost in my own story. It's like, I'm remembering this story and I'm like living in it. like, oh shit, I got an audience. I got to come back to you guys. Sometimes I tell a story and I forget to tell them the lesson or what did I pick up? What did I learn? Um, out of curiosity, the call to action, how does that usually come about in a story? Is that like, is that what I learned or is that the benefit is the lesson that I learned? So the climax, this is the lesson that I embrace from this story and what I expect my audience to, uh, to do with this information that I just share with them. So for example, if you are just pitching the pitch of your startup, of the idea of your startup in front of investor, the call for action will be, this is why I need your help. You can join us and make the revolution in supporting this global women movement and creating this world safer for women, for example. Okay, what? this is when you create a call for action and you turn it from your personal story to their, to their stage. Is there, if you look at this formula, and I'd like to keep that slide for a second, um, is there a specific, like, you know, like you, you, today's session was called, you know, the magic science, you know, so is there like this piece of content or like something that people can add that's like a, like a life hack that people could just add into a story and it's almost like seasoning gold on a cake, that little <laughs> cherry on top. Can you give us a little life hack only between us, you know, whoever is listening right now? Okay. So, so the story must, cre must create curiosity or drama. Okay. So from the beginning, if you start the story and telling, I want to tell you about a point in my life that totally changed my life and made me who I am today. So you raise the level of drama from the beginning and then you answer to the parrot effect. The parrot effect, it's called the parrot on your shoulder that, that the audience, there is a, an, a parrot always on the shoulder that screams, what's in it for me? What should I get from this? Okay, so as, as from the beginning, you will give them value and that you will show why it will be also important for their lives, not only as a story about you, but show them what is the benefit they will get out of it. This is when it actually clicks. So, for example, I, I do a lot of uh, presentations for companies uh, around the world, for buyer company, Google, uh, Apple, large international corporates. And when I train these uh, uh, these engineers are very analytical people about the art of storytelling or the art of public speaking. Usually I start with the first slide of Warren Buffett, <laughs> a quote of Warren Buffett and ask him, do you know, um, I, do you know who is this person? So they say, yeah, he's one of the richest men in the world. I say, yeah, that's correct. 
And then I showed her his quote and he said, from all the investments I made in my life, the most, the most, uh, uh, the most successful investment for me was investing in the course of public speaking. <laughs> so for example, from the beginning, you show them the value and how it actually can contribute to their life. And only then you can show your story. But always before expecting what's your goal, what you want to get out of the meeting, out of the people, give them benefit first, what they will get out of it. If it will be clear enough what is the value, you can motivate them with your story and with, with explaining them the other arguments in a much easier way. Wow, I love that. I'm just thinking, let's take off the, the, the slide for a second so people could see us again and we'll come back to some of your slides later if you wish. Um, I'm just thinking when it comes to like, you know, sharing with people the, the solution and sharing with people, you know, where, where you learned something and how things came about. What I'm thinking is that there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, speaking on stages and, and sharing things, but they don't always give credibility to where the solution came from. Now, I'm a huge believer in mentioning people that gave me the solution. You know, those people who are listening to us, you know, you online, offline, wherever you're listening, you've heard me speak about Eckhart Tolle and Tony Robbins and Jay Abraham and all these people that have made a massive difference in my life. And they were a massive part of the solution. Is there kind of a balance between I found the solution, everything is good, I am the hero, which many people do still in the world, especially professional speakers, they forget to give credit. And truly giving credit and being humble and vulnerable and saying, you know what, I couldn't come up with a solution myself. Is that you think a powerful part of the story? Because some people might think it's a weakness where I couldn't come up with the solution. I had to take it from them. Mm -hmm. What's your perspective on this one? Okay, so first of all, I have a very good example for this, but also I want to share with you, it really resonates with, with Aristotle. <laughs> and Aristotle was, um, even in the fifth century BC, he was the first one who created a formula how we can be persuasive and convince everyone in a rhetoric skill. So he said a person that on stage or a leader, he must spice up his story or his presentation with these three elements. And he spoke about ethos, which means how you are perceived authentic and credible, how your credibility in the eyes of the audience. Then pathos is the emotional appeal that you create with the audience how you actually reach to their, uh, to their emotion, uh, emotional elements. He said actually that the best way, Aristotle, fifth century BC, it was a long time ago, and I still teach it in management schools, in, uh, in big uh, courses of uh, international corporates. And he said, the way we can, uh, we, can we can raise emotional appeal is personal story, humor, or, or 
just smile. This is Aristotle, what he offered. Three ways to create emotional appeal with the audience. Personal story, humor, or smile. But then he said, we still need to spice it up with the third element, which is logos. How we can create credibility with rational facts, statistics, uh, research, maybe graphs, diagrams. So all these three elements are important, okay? But eventually, people will forget what you said. People forget what you did, Maya Angela mentioned it, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So if you are not perceived as credible and you quoting someone that everyone knows that someone else uh, created this theory uh, or hypothesis, but you are taking a credit for it, then your ethos is hurt by this. Your credibility already starts very low in the eyes of the audience. And I can give you actually example. As two years ago, we both been at the Tony Robbins seminar in London, you remember? <laughs> yeah, it was 13,000 people around the world, you know, coming and it was amazing experience for me. It was my first seminar. And I remember it was very powerful because one of the amazing things that Tony is doing is first of all, he gives a lot of credibility through a lot of theories that he gives, but also he tells who is the, the, original, uh, the original source of this theory, but also his energy. And he makes every single person in the room to feel like he's talking personally to him, to his heart, among these 13,000 people. And I was shocked when I came back from the seminar, back to Israel, and I read a book of very famous Israeli mentor that he, he wrote a book about how you can really um, be on the path to success. And he mentioned so many elements that for me it was copy paste from Tony Robbins. But even one time he didn't mention his name or where he took uh, all these facts from. So the credibility of this mentor that tried really to, uh, to create a very, a red, a very big uh, kind of um, influence around him in my country, but this was the point that he lost my credibility, that his credibility in my eyes. So it's very important if you tell your story, you can tell your personal story. If you tell someone else's story, people should know that you are telling someone else's story or if you are using their quotes or their wisdoms. Because if you are not careful enough, you know, the world is very, <laughs> is very small. And, and people will, will know that, you know, words, once you uh, send them out there, they can or help you or hurt you a lot. So you should definitely be very, very careful with the stories you spread, the theories you use, the credits you give to people on the way, because this is your credibility. And once you lose credibility, it's very, very difficult to, to receive it back. 
So this mm. is something, some tips, especially in business or... Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's so, so important what you just said, you know, and it, it, it's, first of all, I love this, the ethos, pathos, logos. I, I'm, I need to do more research on that. I love it. If you don't mind, I want to use that, um, that slide in some of my presentations. <laughs> but I know that we have online with us actually some, some very serious speakers uh, from around the world, some professional people and... You know, I see different people joining us both on, on Facebook here on Zoom. And for all you speakers out there that I love very, very much, not giving credibility to where you took things from, first of all, I think it's karma. I think it's going to come and haunt you. And one day, you're going to see someone copying all of your content and sharing it on their stage. First of all, give credibility to someone. Oh, and I like how you said it, Marina, you can actually make it a part of your own story, right? Like, it, it doesn't need to be yours. Even Tony Robbins constantly is sharing names of people that he learned this from. And, but I think it's really important and I believe that when it comes to storytelling this way, I think that this idea of mentioning someone else in your hero's journey is so important because every hero had a mentor. Every hero had this kind of demon and this angel that's supporting him along the way. And a demon and sometimes could also be an, a mentor because they guide you in one way and you made a decision because of them. So I'm curious, is there a specific kind of story that is most appealing? And like, is there a kind of story that's the best used? Like if I want to like, you know, get my audience loving me or if someone wants to get this, you know, if someone wants to get someone in a networking event, they're like, wow. Is there a kind of a type of a story that people should be thinking, well, let me go home and write down three of my stories in life and pick the one I should be using the most. So I'd like you to give us like, what kind of story should we all have in our back pockets ready to use? So that's really, really excellent question, Gil. Thank you. Because this is, this is really a very interesting science of storytelling. And I actually... Uh, five years ago, I was the founder of the Israeli public speaking community, Toast Tel Aviv, which is part of the International Toastmaster. But Toastmaster is clubs around the world that practice public speaking. And in Israel, we are not very formal, as you know. So clubs didn't work in this formal way. So it became a community. And I can actually do a research about it. But those stories that usually are voted as the best speaker at the end of the evening in our sessions are the stories that the speaker is showing himself the most hum uh, um, vulnerable, that he is going through transformation. So people think that if they uh, share stories of glory, of success, this is what will make them look inspiring in the eyes of the public. But actually the opposite is is uh, is the truth what it means you need to show a, a massive transform transformation that turn you from who you've been before and what you are now hmm. that's why i always say don't try to uh, create antagonism showing your successes but more you show your weakest points more you show your your crisis and how you grew from this. If you show yourself as, as a journey, as a journey you've been through, a way that you, from a very low point, how you managed to 
to uh, to take your your wisdoms uh, to uh, to receive help from other people to to overcome really really great challenges in life whether divorce health uh, challenges really very very uh, crucial points in our life that we all have these are the points that people most likely will will be affected by by you as a person and they will feel that they really know you and not if you just throw i'm a phd a professor i'm a I used to work in Google. I used to be a senior manager. These are the things that create actually distance between people. And people need to understand that if you come with more humble story that show your growth, your process, and you are, if you are able to expose your weakest points, but not your, your greatest points, this is what will create much deeper uh, emotional appeal, much deeper connection that you can build with these people in business level connection for life, lifetime. You can create really meaningful impact about each other. Yeah, no, I, uh, so to me right now, it, it, what you're saying is super, super important, you know, for most of my speaking career, because of my you know, I, I didn't go to university and I never really studied business. I never really studied even how to be a professional speaker. I always thought that I had to impress the audience before I started talking. And I always started by talking about myself and what I've achieved and what I've done in order to try to build credibility with them. But it took me a while to realize, well, actually, they paid money to sit here and listen to you. So you've already built something with them. And even if it was someone else's audience, I learned that, you know, actually sharing with them that, hey, life has been difficult. I've had some, I'm allowed to say F word. It's my Facebook, right? It's my, well, I'm not going to say it. I've had a lot of, you know, I'll call it successful failures, not F ups. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of successful failures in my life. Oh my God, more than most people I know. And especially in the world of networking that most people think I'm a networking guru, but Hey, on my best day, I'm a six on 10 on my best day. I'm a six out of 10. And I say that to them because I know what an eight on 10 looks like. I've seen it out there and I know I'm not there yet. So I love what you were saying that it's so much better to start with vulnerability and maybe start with something that you've overcome and it also comes back to what we were talking about before, because I saw some people mentioning different things on, on, on Facebook while we're talking about the importance of, you know, telling someone that you've had this dip and then someone helped me come up. And that's why I'm here in front of you today, because I would like to help you guys come up. I think that's a really beautiful story. And that's something I really picked up maybe in the last year where <laughs> for me, it's okay, like, and it's like, listen, it's even difficult for me to say it today because in, in, in my life, I've, uh, for many, many years, I've had to be the hero. Uh, not being the hero was not really something that was realistic in my head. Just because, you know, my life has not been easy. And it's really in recent couple of years where I'm okay not to be the hero every time. And it's still difficult for me. I don't know if it's a guy thing. I like to fix everything. I don't know if it's a me thing. Um, but you know, 
sharing with people openly that it is difficult right now or that it has been difficult or that it will become difficult. I'm a little bit scared, but you know what? I got a good network of people around me and I'm ready. Uh, I think that's a really awesome part of storytelling. So thank you for kind of reminding me that what I'm doing is right these days because I did it kind of instinctively and I felt like I had to. And some of my mentors are telling me, hey, got to be a little bit more authentic here and there with what you're sharing. So really appreciate you, 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 you know, you, you sharing that with us. Thank you. And I think it, I guess from a storytelling point of view, by, by sharing your, you know, vulnerable points, it's also building empathy, right? Is, is, so is that a big part of storytelling to what, what do you want to build with people accept empathy when you're sharing a story with them? What is, you know, if we're, we're trying to break it down for people, storytelling has a function. It's not just to entertain. Exactly. What do you think are those different functions or the result of a good story? Exactly. So first of all, when, when, you, when you tell a story that really can touch people's life, so it means that you really raise the level of empathy. They see you really deeply. They feel you. They can really resonate with the pain because maybe it, take, it takes them back to their life and they create a mirroring effect and they can totally really understand what you've been going through because they had something very similar. And people love people who are more likely like them. So we always try to find similarities between people. For example, if a mother has four children, those children who are more like her, that reminds her, her character, her uh, enthusiasm or her, uh, her skills, she more likely will, it will be easier for her. It's also with people. You are as a master of networking. You, you can connect to people who are ambitious the way you are, who also had a painful points in their life, who also been through a transformation, who, who've been building themselves out of zero, not that everything was given to them in a, in a very easy way. So whenever we find similarities, and empathy that we can create with people and say, wow, he's almost my soulmate and he lives in the other side of the universe. But we resonate with their story, with their values, with the path that they chose, decisions they made, the crisis they had and they fell and they still were able to go strong up from this point. The emotional appeal in this stage will can shape your your friendship forever and this friendship will uh, will become eventually a, a business uh, relationship so what actually i really loved uh, the famous uh, ted talk of simon sinek that he said people do business not because what you sell but because why you sell it and if your why is sharp enough and you can demonstrate within your personal story this is how people will connect to you better because they will understand what you believe in what are your values what are your core beliefs and they will trust you fully for having business with you 
for creating company with you, for investing in your company, because they will understand your real, real initiative. What motivates you in life? What is your core, core values? And this is what motivates eventually people in business, in finding uh, our personal, our life partners, to understand what, what is the, the core beliefs and values of, of the people around us. And that's mm. what we need to transfer in stories. Wow. I love that. You're <laughs> such an awesome person to interview. I like it. You're making me think. I'm like, I'm always trying to balance between just listening and losing myself and listening to an awesome person and writing notes. And I'm like, no, no, stop writing notes. Just listen and write notes after. So thank you for taking me through this just kind of like wowness. And I know that I see different people on Zoom and on Facebook going a little bit crazy. They like, <laughs> they like your stories. Thank you. So a question that I love asking people is, what is that one question I should be asking you right now? What is the one question? <laughs> I should be asking you right now in the world of storytelling, magic, and science. Mm -hmm. So I think we peeled some of the some of the secrets, the main secrets of stories. What what uh, what differentiate good stories from not so good stories? What differentiate authentic stories from stories that you tell about yourself of glory? So the idea is to come up as authentic as, as you can be. If you manage to be on stage without a mask, without any, uh, without any um, cre creating, trying to create any impression, but you, as you are usual with your friends, with your family, if you manage to be authentic and tell a real story, and be able to be vulnerable and to expose your weakness in front of big audience on a big stage, this is what will actually show you in your greatness. And this is how people will most likely will connect to you and will feel that they are very, that they feel safe with you to open up also their weakness, to open up their, uh, their challenges because my life uh, motto, I always say that life is like EKG uh, diagram, you know, EKG. We have, we have sometimes peak points, we have crisis, we have peak points, but whenever it's a flat, what it means? We're dead. We're life dead. is boring. <laughs> exactly, so we're dead. So once we understand that everyone's life is the same diagram of EKG, and we need, to, uh, we need to understand that everyone are the same. It's like the stock market. You see it like this? <laughs> Usually it's not, it's not one flat line. But I, I always say that this is a, a good storyteller is the one who, who also understand this diagram about the attention curve of the audience. So you need to create peaks and then you can go down and you can create peaks. But if you see your audience <laughs> in a flat line, it means you kill them. That it wasn't touching enough for them emotionally. It wasn't doing any emotional wave. 
So this is how you can create a good story, creating like a drama with going to a peak, going down, going to a peak, but always showing that you are in a process, that you are not yet reached, you know, the perfection yet, but we all evolving, we all learning in this journey of life and we all have stories to share. It's only a matter how we can actually deliver them and, and put them like a spoon to the mouth of our audience. As easy we can, you know, we can shape them and totally remove our barriers, remove our masks. You know, we now have masks <laughs> uh, because of Literally. the corona <laughs> worldwide crisis. But telling stories, it's actually being able to expose yourself, who you truly are, who are your true values, true beliefs, what affects, about your, what affects your business, your passion in life. And this is actually my life motto. You can see it in my website. My life motto is live with passion, learn with hunger, influence with compassion and put love in everything you do this is my life motto <laughs> so wow. you can quote me but also be authentic and write my name <laughs> i love that that's super cool uh, mine mine is uh, something that's written under my name and my logo it's both of us have lived with passion i think we both took that from tony robbins that's his thing Mine is live with passion, connect with love. Uh, I love connecting. That's also with very powerful. Yeah, and I this love, is actually, yeah. this, I think we connected maybe around eight or 10 years ago. And we had a very good personal connection because we, we saw how similar we are in our life values, in, mm. in, in our passions, in our ambitions in life to change people's life, to influence with with our personal examples, our stories, our path that we've been through, how we build ourselves. And mm. it's amazing that we kept our friendship and also managed to find ways to collaborate also business-wise. Yeah, mm. you know, it, it's interesting. You, you just reminded me of, um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine not that long ago about, he was asking me what is networking for me? And actually I connected it to storytelling, but I just kind of forgot about it completely because for me, I'm, so I'm not really good with books because dyslexia and I've never really been good at reading books. But the answer I gave him is that people are books for me. And when you meet a person, what you're actually doing is you're reading that specific story from that specific chapter and that specific page of that person's life which is why the idea of don't judge a book by its cover. And for me, it's more about don't judge a person by a page. It's so insignificant. So it's almost like saying, if people tell you a bad story, sometimes you got to give them another chance. You know, maybe they're just having a bad day. You know, sometimes it's about asking them a good question and getting that other better story out of them, getting that heartfelt story or getting them to open up. Because, you know, I think it's common in many countries when people go to networking events, they're not necessarily comfortable to share a story. 
right away. They're just meeting people. They're, they're, people think that they need to chit chat and small talk and they think they need to stay shallow. But would you agree that a story actually empowers you to go deep with people very quickly because you're able to, again, I don't know what you think is a length of a story, but I believe a length of a story is maybe 90 seconds, two minutes max should be a story, you know, like depending on the context and the audience and whatever you're doing, you're one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I, but, but for me, that story allows you to, in a place that's maybe a bar or whatever it is where people are shallow, it allows you to go deep and connect and allow people to read the, maybe not the best, but a really good chapter in your book from the past or from the recent past. And then they would be interested in flipping the page and says, what's going on now? Or like, tell me about what's happening in the next chapter. Like, I'd love to meet up with you for lunch. So for me, storytelling has always been so well connected with networking and building relationships with people. How, how does that work for you? Like, is there a specific time you should tell a story or should not? Like, how can you give people that advice that they can really utilize today if they go out and they need to come up with a story? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, it's a, it's a good point. And I don't know if you know, but Churchill, Winston Churchill, he had a very funny quote. Maybe today it wasn't so politically correct if he was <laughs> saying this quote today, but he said, um, how we know how long we should do a story or presentation. And he said the formula is, it, it's like a woman's skirt. It should be long enough to cover the topic, but short enough to leave place for curiosity. <laughs> Churchill so, said that. Wow, yeah, I like him even more now. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's very politically correct. And I'm woman, you know, and we have a lot of uh, women rights issues in Israel. But I think we can learn a great wisdom because we always need to, to leave space for curiosity, not to reveal all of our, you know, not to be open book for everyone, but to, to really put some, uh, um, some seeds of interest, of curiosity. And by social psychology um, studies, they prove that it takes only four seconds to create first impression about a person we meet before he actually starts speaking or opens his mouth. Four seconds, it's out of two seconds, see, see what we see with our eyes. And two seconds that we feel, we feel his energy, uh, what he actually transfer us four seconds only first impression and we say wow it's very superficial but then there's another layer and the next layer is four minutes it's the minimum it takes from us to create impact on person's life four minutes minimum it's enough to create a call for action this is why by the way startup companies and and different uh, innovations, they receive usually four minutes to give a pitch to investor. In these four minutes, they need to tell the story, why they started to work on this business, why it was so motivating for them to, to, start, uh, to, start, uh, to start creating specifically this life-changing technology. 
And if the story about their personal story, how they link to this problem, which also, and they prove it's global problem as well, this is when these four minutes can be effective and get straight to the hearts of the investors and motivate mm. them to action because they understand that these people are totally believing what they believe and they can walk with them forever in the same mission, in the same path, and they can totally trust these people. And four minutes, it's enough to tell a good story that can show who you really are, what you made from. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, you could change the world in four minutes. You can change someone's lives. You can change someone's opinion of you in only four minutes. I love that. Wow. Marina, I know that, uh, well, first of all, I know that I could talk to you for a while because we've done this before, just <laughs> not in front of a lot of people all over the world that are watching, but we've spoken before for hours and it, it's really, really exciting and impressive how you've grown and how you flourished and where you are today and recently married and soon to have an awesome baby and soon to be updating and developing your story, which is crazy and amazing. And I know for a fact that a lot of our viewers and many of my friends and community members, first of all, they're going to love to know that you are part of Mastermind Space. Those of you who don't know, Mastermind Space is revolutionizing the world one baby step at a time. And we've just started just recently. Uh, when, when COVID-19 hit, Mastermind Space came to fight back. It was the anti-crisis solution. Uh, so check out Mastermind Space if you want to know. So we're really, really happy that Marina is going to be one of the mentors there. And, you know, potentially in the near future, as long as the baby doesn't take too much of her time, which it will, and you're going to love being a mother. It's awesome. I'm expecting a third day in September. But for me, it's really exciting. And I think we can probably you know, agree on it before the end of the year. We're definitely going to put together an awesome mastermind with you. And I think it's going to be somehow involving bringing magic into your stories in the world. But for now, if people want to like, you know, follow you and stuff, if people want to like, you know, work with you. I know we have a lot of incredible startups, you know, that follow me and stuff on social media. How do they find you? What's the best way to build a relationship with you? So, uh, so first of all, I'm really, really happy to join the mastermind with you. And uh, I love to be part of this great and creative initiative that you always lead and, uh, and master. So uh, besides this, Feel free, first of all, I, I, um, I, I just shared my website, uh, my link on the link for my website. I don't know if you can see it as a link or just copy it. I have a new website and you can find all my details there. Also, I'm pretty reachable on LinkedIn, Facebook, Marina Naomi Smolianov. This is my full name. I write it uh, in the chat, Marina Naomi Smolianov. I'm uh, yeah. as Gil said. Val to put it in the chat. Val, please put it on Facebook and on uh, on Zoom so that everybody could see. Wonderful, great, and also um, as as you mentioned in uh, in a month a month and a half, um, I I always said the past three months I tried to close all my biggest projects that I started. First of all, I became recently a, a board member of the Global Speakers Association. And I'm the board member representing my country, Israel, there. So this was one of the projects that I finished lately. And I try in three months to finish all the projects because in month and a half, my biggest project will be just to change diapers very soon. <laughs> 
So I, uh, I want to make sure I finalize everything before. You don't see it here, but I have a, <laughs> Zoom is very good timing for me to use this platform on Zoom because I have a very big belly now that you cannot see. And uh, as, as, I, as I always say, nothing is by chance. So everything has its own good timing in our life. And, um, and this, is, this is why we, we shouldn't postpone things to better times or the times that will, will be more, uh, more ready for, uh, for something specific, not to postpone, but try to finish if we have a deadline, but try to finish everything which is meaningful for us before a specific deadline we put to ourselves. This is uh, what I think. I, I'm super, super excited for you. For everyone who's joining us online, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for the questions. For everybody on Zoom, hold on. We're gonna come back to you guys. Marina, thank you so, so much for being with us today and sharing this incredible story and who you are and how much energy you have and how you, you understand that that one little story can change people's lives completely. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for how you're serving the world. And thank you everyone for joining us. Connect with Marina and follow her. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gil. It's always a pleasure. And I'm really, really grateful that you joined our session today. And thank you for the questions. I hope we managed to answer all of them. And uh, keep in touch with me and Gil and, uh, on Mastermind. And I look forward to, to have meaningful relationship with you and sharing stories to also hear your stories. <laughs> awesome. That's beautiful. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.